Look at the person beside you and say, hey, you look good today. Tell them you look good today. You look good. Look back at them and say, it's cold. I brought my sweater out. You know what I'm saying? It's winter up in here. My goodness. Somebody's like, you don't even got a sweater on. I don't know. He told me to say it. I just said sweater because he's got the mic and he said, say, we want to welcome you. If it's your first time or first time in a long time, thank you so much for joining us. We want to welcome everybody watching online all over the world. Thank you so much for joining us as well. If you can get here, God is up to something in the house here at Better Life Church. God is doing some amazing things right here in this city and in Grayson. And as we look at launching a campus there this, this, this January, I'm telling you what, God is up to some amazing things. We're in this series called Listen. We kicked it off last week on how do we hear God's voice, right? Why should we hear God's voice, and why is it important to hear God's voice? So we're going to look a little bit of that today. But let's recap real quick. In case you missed last week, bring everybody up to speed. Last week, we talked about preparation, right? Everything you got to do, you got to prepare. If we want to hear God's voice, we've got to prepare our hearts. How do we get in position and prepare our hearts? We talked about, first, we got to expect God to speak. Like, we got to open up our mind and say, God, we trust you that you would speak to us. And so my question this morning right now, did you come here today so you can check church off? That, wow, I checked church off. Or did you come in there with the open mind going, you know what? I'm going today expecting God to speak to me. Because if God will speak to me, I'll be a little bit better man. I'll be a little bit better woman. I'll be a little bit better husband. I'll be a little bit more patient. I'll be a little bit more less stressed if I could just hear God's voice. So God, we surrender, right? We just sung that. We come expecting to hear from you. Another thing is, is we're always in a hurry, right? I mean, we're always in a hurry. We don't schedule time to listen to God. Some of you know this, right? I can see some of your elbow on somebody, honey, he's preaching to you, right? Hurry, let's get to church. Hurry, let's get out of here, right? I mean, goodness gracious, we are always in a hurry. We got to slow down so we can hear God's voice in our life. We need to remove distractions. We are distracted by good things, and we miss the best thing, which was God speaking to us. So what are some distractions we need to get rid of in our life? And then lastly, we need to obey him. If God says do it, do it. If he says we want you to, to do that, we need to obey God. And when we obey him, that's when we see the transformation in our lives. So we talked about preparing to listen to God. And today we're going to talk about learning. How do you do that? Like, how do you listen to God? And what does God's voice sound like? And how do I know that it is God speaking? I love what the book of Job says. It says, for God speaks again and again through, though his people, though the people do not recognize it. The issue is not whether God's speaking. He speaks. The issue is, are we listening? Are our receptors up? Can we perceive what God is trying to tell us? Here's the good news. Every single one of us here today was created and designed with the capacity to hear God's voice. So if you sit here today going, I just don't know if I know God can speak to me. Every one of us were created with the capacity inside of us to hear the voice of God. But how does he do that? How does God talk to us? Well, let me just say this first. We can't limit God. The moment you start saying, well, God don't speak that way anymore. I don't know if I'd say that. Or, or God can't speak that way, right? I don't know if I'd say that. God can speak any way he wants to or any way he chooses to. You know why? Because he's God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he can do anything he wants to do. If that's how he wants to choose to do it. In the Old Testament, he spoke through a burning bush. That's crazy, right? I mean, come on. He was speaking through a burning bush. He spoke through a fire. He spoke through a cloud. He even spoke through a donkey. Oh, my gosh, that should encourage us. Look at the person beside you and say, there's hope for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if he can use a donkey, come on. 
I mean, there's hope for you that God can speak to you and through you. And so what I want to share with you today is really honestly what I see in my own personal life. God can speak any way he wants. And there's hundreds and thousands of ways we could talk about how God speaks. But I want to share with you today in my own life the five most common ways that I've seen God speak to me and that I've seen God speak to other people. It's not that God can't speak any other way. I'm just going to share with you the most common ways that I've seen, you know, since I've been a, a Christian for the last 21 years of my life, how I've seen God speak to me and to the people around me. And so if you like to take notes, this is going to be a great note-taking sermon for you. You can write these things down. If you don't like to take notes, pay the person beside you, take them out to eat to write these notes down for you, right? Because I'm I'm telling you, this is valuable stuff. Like, how does God speak to me? So if you're ready to get started, say, let's go. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. Write this down. God speaks through the Bible. And some of you are like, uh, duh, right? Come on. Like, really? No, let's just walk this through. God speaks through the Bible. Now, I want to share this with you. The number one way that God wants to communicate to you is through his word. Some of you are praying right now for an answer that God's already spoken on. Some of you right now are praying for direction and God's already given it to you. And the problem is we don't get in God's word to know what that is. Why do you think the enemy wants to keep you away from this book? Because it's the number one way that God wants to speak to you. It's through the Bible. He wants to share his word to you through the scripture. I love what Paul writes to the young preacher, Timothy. Look what he says in Timothy chapter three. Look what he says. He says, all scripture, everybody say all. All, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's God breathed and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now let's stop right there for a moment. It's God breathed. It's breathed out by God. The scriptures is breathed out by God. If you hold your hand in front of your face and you begin to talk, you can feel your breath. The reason why you feel your breath, you're speaking words as if God spoke the word of God. He breathed out the words of God. He breathed out the scripture to us. We call that inspired. That God inspired. The word is inspired by God as he spoke it to us through people. He spoke the word of God. It can be trusted. It can be counted on. Why? Because it's God's breath. It's God's breath. I mean, he has spoke the words out. But what's the purpose of it? He said it's profitable which means it's beneficial. What is so benefiting about the Word of God? And why should you want to be in it on a regular basis? Like, what's so beneficial about this book? I mean, really think about it. He tells us, look what he says. It's beneficial to teach you. That word means to instruct you, to guide you. God's Word here is to instruct you. Imagine this. If I will line myself up with God's Word, just think about this. He will instruct me exactly the path I need to walk on. See, some right now you're praying, God, what should I major in? Should I marry them? Should I not marry them? Should I take that promotion? Should I take that pay? Should I move my family from this city to that city? God will instruct you through his word. Now, you're not going to open up the Bible and say, thou shalt go to Moore State University and major in psychology. It's not in there. <laughs> it will not say that. And if your Bible says that, please listen to your pastor. Get another translation. Okay. But God can take a specific prayer request that you're praying through and give you peace and guidance and comfort that you're heading in the right direction. He wants to teach you, instruct you, and guide you through the word. Look what else he says. He wants to reproof you. You know what that means? Rebuke. 
How many of you like to be rebuked? How many of you like being pointed out that you're wrong? I see some more elbows, honey. He's preaching to you today, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, we don't want that. But think about this. The Bible will point out to you where you're wrong. Why? Come on, parents. Where my parents sat in the house. Why do we tell our children what to do and they're wrong? Why? Because we love them. God loves you so much, he wants to point out the things in your life that's wrong. Which I believe is the big reason why most of us don't want to read the Bible because we already know where we're wrong. And we just don't want that confirmation. But because he loves us so much, he will instruct you and guide you. He has guardrails for us and he will point out in your life where you are wrong. But the good news is, look what it says, not only to reproof you, rebuke you, but to correct you. Which means this, he loves you so much when he shows you where you're wrong, he will help you get back on path where you need to be. Is that not amazing? He don't just leave us hanging. He shows us how to fix it. He shows you how to improve on you through the word. And he does that because he loves us. And so when you read the scripture or you hear the word preached, and as the old time preachers used to say, we're going to step on your toes today. That means this, that you should be excited when the Holy Spirit of God convicts you and points out sin in your life and you go, oh my goodness, that hurts. Instead of walking with your head down in shame, you should stop and praise God that he spoke to you, that he loves you so much that your heart is not so too hardened for him to point out the wrong in your life. And then you stop for a moment and start saying, woe is me, just say, thank the Lord. That is your kindness that's going to lead me to repent and correct and turn from my sin. What does that? The Word. Because He loves you. That's what the Word of God wants to do in your life. And then it says to train you in righteousness. There's a difference between teaching and training. In fact, when you look up that word training, it's a whole education system. It's actually a picture of a parent who rears their children, who raises their children and trains them into what? Righteousness, which means to be right with God. And that word training takes, takes the moral and the mind and together. I'm going to teach my kid how to think and I'm going to teach my kid how to behave. That's what the word of God does for us. It trains us in righteousness. Why? Look what he says in verse 17. So that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Everything God has already deigned for you, for you do for the foundation of the world. He's already ordained good works for your life. And he says, if you stay in my word, I'll make sure you're complete and equipped to carry out everything I have for you. Why do we avoid it? And I'm going to encourage you, if you're not doing this or in God's word on a regular basis, you are missing out on the number one way that God wants to speak to you. The number one way. So what do I do? Here's what you do. You start reading. You get in God's word. Listen to me. Five minutes a day. Just five minutes a day. Pastor, I don't have a Bible. We'll give you a Bible. Go to the red room right now and we'll give you one. Well, don't go right now. That would be awkward. Wait till the sermon's over. But after the sermon's is over, go and get you a Bible. We'll give you one. Get you on a reading plan. We'll help you. If you've never been in Life Track, we've created the system called Life Track. If you'll jump in Life Track, if you've never been, go to the Red Room and sign up for Life Track. We will walk you through and teach you how to study and read your Bible because we believe it's that important to you. 
You will study and read. We'll also talk about how to share your faith and your story, how to tell your story to the, your coworkers and your friends and your crazy family that you're about to see here in a couple weeks at Thanksgiving. How do I just share my story, what God's doing in my life? We will teach you and equip you how to do that. So if you've never been in life track, I'm telling you, jump in life track. As soon as it's over, go to the Red Room. We want to help you. Why? Because the number one way that God will speak to you is through the Bible. Here's the second most common way I've seen God speak. God speaks through people. God will speak through people. Have you ever noticed that? How God speaks through people? Have you ever just got a text at the right time you needed the text? Something's going on in your life and all of a sudden somebody texts you. Just want to say, hey, just thinking about you. You're praying for your day. Just keep up the good work. You're like, you don't understand how important I needed that. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's an email. God will speak through people and encourage you in your life. I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says in 1 Thessalonians, he says, And we also thank God constantly. Paul, why do you thank God for? That when we received the word of God, when God spoke to us, which you heard from us, you heard through us, you accepted it not as Paul's word, not as just men's word, but as the word of God because that's what it really is, which is now working inside you. He says this, God spoke through me into your life. Every Sunday you come, I don't understand it, I don't deserve it, and I can't explain it, but somehow God will speak through me into your life. And it will challenge you, and he will speak through people. And guess what? He will speak through you into other people's life. He will use you, and you don't even know it sometimes. And sometimes years later, somebody will come up to you and say, hey, remember when you called me out and you said this in my life? Hey, remember when you texted me and you said this? Remember when you encouraged me and you, I didn't think I could do it, but you thought I could do it? God used that to blank. And you weren't even aware of it, how God will use those things in your life. He wants to speak through you. But there's caution there. I'm going to come back to that just in a moment because I'm going to group those next couple together and we're going to look through that. The third way I see that God speaks is through circumstances. That God speaks through circumstances in your life. God will open doors. Things will come together. Things just happen at the right time, right? You've been there and you know this. Hey, I was just going through life and all of a sudden, bam, this happened and the door opened and, and God's used that in my life. Like there's a circumstance that just happened in my life and God's used it greatly. And I wouldn't be where I'm here today if that door wouldn't have opened, if I wouldn't have got that job, if I didn't get in that school, if I didn't say I do, whatever it may be in life, something happened and you think it's just coincidence, but it was that circumstance that God used to open the door and he would speak to you through those circumstances. And this is what I don't understand. <laughs> and if you, if, you, if you have a question about this and this theological question, I want to encourage you for you to email Pastor Trevor at trevor at bearlife.church because he's way more smarter on this than me. We talked about this in all staff. One of my favorite things we get to do every month is all staff. I get to hang out. We just hang out together as a staff. We eat. We play games. We have so much fun. I talk sometimes about leadership stuff or talk about, hey, this last one, we talk about the season that we believe that God is about to birth us in. The season out of our church that we believe that God is about to take us. It was great. But he, he, here's, here's what I understand. How in the world can God use our free will, which we do have, and all of our choices, our good choices, our bad choices, our sin and our mistakes, how in the world can God use all these circumstances and at the end of the day, because he is so sovereign and because he's so in control, he says, that's exactly how I wanted it. I don't understand that. Again, email Pastor Trevor. He'll help you figure that out. I don't understand that. 
But here's the reality. Listen, this is so fascinating. You have made good decisions and bad decisions. You've walked through good doors and bad doors. You've sinned and you haven't sinned. You chose to go here. You chose to do this. You chose to marry that person. You chose all that. And somehow God's worked all those circumstances to find yourself here today sitting in that seat. Which means this. You are not here by accident. God knew you would be here this morning. Man, I just came because somebody invited me and they're going to take me out to eat afterwards and I was coming for the free meal. Listen, whatever you chose, God brought you here and this should encourage you. Whether you're visiting, you're watching online, however you found us, God brought you here. Listen, because he has a word for you. So if you will come expecting going, oh goodness gracious, I never thought about that. God, I, I, I mean, but I chose to come here. I know because God knew you'd be here. I don't understand it. Me neither. But he, he uses circumstances, and he works it all together for his glory. I love what Paul says in Romans 8. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together. All things. My stupid decisions and my good decisions. My mistakes and my successes. My free will choice to come to this school or move to this city or stay in this city. And his sovereignty has laid and ended me right here at this position. And God will work all this for his good and for those who are called according to fulfill his purpose. God will speak through circumstances in your life. Here's the fourth most common way. God speaks through impressions. Impression. And I think this is where we camp at just for a moment. Because I think this is where maybe most of us, at least this is where I'm at. I'm a very emotional person. And so I kind of feel my way through life. I don't plan my way through life. I kind of feel my way through life. I feel how I feel. I roll with the punches, you would say. And this is where most people would camp at. Not that they roll with the punches, but they say these things like, I just feel that this is what God wants me to do. Ever met someone like that? They said that before you? Maybe you said that. I just feel led that God wants me to, you fill in the blank. I have, a, I have a gut, I have a gut feeling about this. I just feel deep in my spirit that God blanks, wants me to blank. And you fill in the blank. Take the job, right? How come it's always God speaking when the job pays more money? You ever notice that? Man, God wants me to take this job. How do you know? I get a $20,000 pay raise. Someone's like, I want that job. You know what I'm saying? What? So obviously God wants me to have an upgrade. I don't even have to pray about this. God, open this door for me. But see, what you don't realize is it's going to take you away from your family. But because you're really not sincere about it, because you see dollar signs on it, guess what happens? You get to miss your kids' ball games. You get to miss seeing your kids raised up. Why? And all because you think God wants you to have more. See, why is it always God's will when it's an upgrade? Do you ever notice that? We should get this house. Why? It's an upgrade. We should get this car. Why? It's an upgrade. We should take this job. Why? It pays more. It must be from God. Maybe not. And so we have these impressions in us going, I just feel. And then you meet people all the time and says, God told me so. I, I'm kind of cautious all the time when I meet people like that. You ever meet people? Like God tells them everything. God told me I should wear my gray shoes this morning. Okay, good for you. You know what I'm saying? That's good. God told me to park right here in this parking spot. So a buggy went hit my car. Whatever God told you, man. Whatever. I mean, have you ever met people like that? Like God speaks to them like 20 minutes. God told me that I should go and eat this like very, very high carb diet right now. Okay, good. You and God, y'all keep going, right? You ever met people like that? Like God speaks to them 24-7. I don't know. I'm not one of those people, right? I just feel. But here is the warning. 
You must test every single thing. Listen, God speaks through people. And God speaks through circumstances. And God speaks through impressions. But please hear me, so does Satan. And the problem is a lot of times we don't know the difference. Because even a half-truth is still a lie. And Satan can do the same exact thing and speak. He can open up doors for you. He can make impressions upon you. And he can speak through people. We see this through the scripture. Think about the people. Peter goes to Jesus. Jesus, you ain't going to the cross, bro. I ain't going to let you die. And what does he say? Why are you letting Satan speak through you, Peter? I didn't know. Circumstance. Jesus led up to the top. By Satan, and Satan says, listen, if you'll just bow down to me, I've opened this door for you. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Just walk through this door. Circumstance, just walk through it. You got it. Come on. I'm telling you over and over and over. God can speak that way, but so can the enemy. And we've got to be aware. It may not be the enemy. Listen, it may be you. It may be because you want that so bad, you feel like, I just think God wants me to do this. I have a feeling that God wants it. Why? Because you want it. God can speak through family. God may speak through friends. And listen, or it may be your family and friends who care about you, who you allow speaking into your life, but it's not from God. This is not to be mean or anything, but for some, listen, it could be the medication you're on. And I'm not, I'm not being mean about that. You need, you need to test this. It could be the emotions that you're just dealing with in your life right now, and you think that this is what God's want because you're really, you're in emotional despair. And so you've got to test it. It could be the bad burrito you ate yesterday. It's still hanging around. You know, and I feel like, oh, I just feel like this might be what God wants to do in my life. But you have to test every single thing. How do you do that? Paul says it. You take every thought captive. People come up to me and say, Pastor, I got a word for you. Come on, bring it. Give me a word. I'm going to test it. I got an impression. Man, I think God may be leading me to do this. I'm going to test it. I got a hunch. I'm going to test it. Hey, there's three doors open. God, which one do you want me to take? Right? They're all open. How do I know? Take that job, move to that city, take that place. I, I, which, here's what we had. Which one pays the most? Because that's the one from God. Maybe not. Because sometimes with God, we go backwards before we go forward. So how do, how do I know? How do I test it? I love what John says in John 14. We just talked about the Holy Spirit. If you missed it a couple weeks ago, go back and watch it. But look what he says. But the helper, Jesus says, which is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name to you, he will teach you all things. He will bring to your mind. He will bring remembrance of everything that I've said. The Holy Spirit is here to protect us and guide us and will bring to mind everything he has said. You know what the problem is? Most of us don't know what he said. Because we don't get in the Word. You know, think about it. This morning you wake up, and, or yesterday, or this week, and past week, and your devotion reading was about how you should put other people before you and slow down and just really notice the people that are around you. And 
And you go to Walmart, dear God, can we pray for them, please? And they took out the cashier's register and put all this self-check in. I mean, we, can we never not stop complaining about Walmart? Normally they have like two open, and now they got 17 open, but then no one's standing there and no one knows what to do. You ever notice that now? I mean, we just got to pray. And all of a sudden, you got your, your buggy full, and you got the mom with two crying babies, where she just got three toys that she's got to get through. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings to mind how we should put other people first. And though you're in a hurry, you stop and say, ma'am, you can go ahead in front of me. Go ahead and check out. You have less than I have. Where does that come from? And a lot of times we're not even aware of that. But the Holy Spirit will bring back to mind what God wants us to do. How do you test an impression, a voice, a thought, a feeling, a word, a circumstance? How do you test it? See, some of you right now, listen, and I have friends going through this and talking through this, so I just, so just hear me out. Some of you right now, you've got your girlfriends speaking into your life about how you should leave your husband because he's lazy or he doesn't do what you think he should be doing. You're just roommates. And they look at you and say, you deserve better than this. Obviously, God wants you to be happy. You should leave him. Please show me where this book says that. And what happens is you will hear the voice of the people who care about you, who wants the best for you, and God's like, don't do it. But you'll let them speak into your life. Some of you right now, you're sleeping with somebody you're not married with. You're not married to them. Or you're about to. And like, man, we're going to get married anyway. What's the big deal? You know, this is 21st century. Come on, everybody does what this. And God's like, don't do it. But everybody else is. The voice is going, well, I guess it's okay because, man, come on, it's just an old book written by a bunch of people a long time ago. It don't really mean anything to us today, right? Come on. How do I test it? Here's how you test it. You take the impression you take the circumstance, you take the word that was spoken over you, and you lay it before the word of God. Because God's word will never contradict itself. See, some of you about to date somebody, and you may want to spend a, spend a rest of your life with them, and God, you know they're not a Christian. And here's what it says, I just got before God, and me and God prayed about it, and I just feel like God wants me to marry them, even though they're not a Christian. Honey, you're not hearing from God. He's already spoken on that. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say he's already spoken on that. And we wonder, why. I don't want to read the Bible because I'm afraid it's going to correct me. <laughs> right? Because we know what it already says. The Bible is not hard to understand. The Bible is hard to apply. Forgive those who walked out on you and left you half the bills. Anybody have a hard time understanding it? Now go try to apply it when they hurt you and they've wronged you. Take every impression, every thought, every circumstance, and you lay it before God's word and say, God, does this contradict you? Because let me tell you what, please hear me. No matter how you feel, no matter what you think, no matter what enlightenment you've had, if it goes against God's word, you are always 100% wrong. Even if it is half truth. We don't get to redefine it. We don't get to recreate it. 
Well, I just feel that God shouldn't be like that. You know why? Because you want to be God. I just feel that God shouldn't be like that or do that or want that or expect that. You're not God. And there's sometimes in my life I ask questions like, God, why would you allow this or this to happen or this to take place? But I got to understand, I am not God. And his word trumps how I feel all day, every day. You see, that's the problem with most of us. We think our feelings trump what God says. So we'll redefine marriage. We'll do things we shouldn't be doing. All in the light is the 21st century, man. Come on, let's go. We don't get to recreate what God has already spoken on. He trumps it all. So listen, when you're praying through something, take it to God's word. God's already spoken on this. He'll confirm it. He'll show you if you're in the right direction. You got three doors and circumstances to open in front of you. Get before God. He'll, he'll point it out for you. How I, had, I could tell you stories after stories after stories how that worked and how God did it in my life. I'm telling you, you just got to lay it before him. And here's the last one. God speaks through pain and suffering. God speaks through pain and suffering. Not all pain is from God. God does allow pain to come into your life for a reason, but not all pain is from God. Some pain will happen in your life just because we live in a fallen world. The people around you will die. You will get sick and you will die someday. That hurts. That's painful. People will walk out on you. People will say bad things to you. People will do bad things to you. That's the fallen world we live in. That will happen. But some pain, and honestly, I would probably say most of the pain in my life and in your life, is because of things that I chose to do. You chose to rack up your credit card debt, and now you're paying for it. And you're in pain about it. You chose that. That was your choice. You chose to go to the party knowing what's going to happen afterwards. But you chose that. And now there's pain from it. You chose to say those toxic words to people around you. You chose to say those things. And now it's coming back at you. You chose to do those things. Whatever those things are, you fill in the blank. And now they've caused pain. And the pain is there not because God's getting back at you going, I'm going to get you now. Remember what you did? No, 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 no. You are walking out the pain of the consequences in your life. There's just consequences. When you say certain things and do certain things and hurt people a certain way, there are consequences to your sin. And the pain that we face comes with that, the consequences. But here's the reality. Here's what's crazy about it. No matter what pain you're going through, maybe because God's allowed that in your life, of suffering, maybe because you chose, and here's the ramifications of it. Here's the good news. God will speak to you in your pain. And even though you chose wrong and now the pain comes back to you, maybe God, you didn't do anything wrong and there's still pain and suffering in your life. Listen, God speaks to you through your pain. And here's what he says. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Though you're hurting, though you're suffering, I will be with you. You know, the apostle Paul, he had a pain issue in his life. And he begged God to take it away. And God didn't. And God says, I'm not going to take your pain away from me. In fact, here's what I want you to know. My grace is sufficient for you. And I'm going to give you enough grace to cover your pain because here's what happened. In your pain, Paul, your weakness is exposed. And in your weakness, that's where I show my power and my strength. 
You know what pain and suffering does? It peels back the layer of self-sufficiency. And all of a sudden, all we're left with, when all the pain and suffering happens in our life, we're left with weakness. And God says, in your weakness, I will show myself strong. And I will use the pain and suffering in your life to minister to the people around me. We know this because Jesus ministered through scars. Remember Thomas? See the holes in my hand? You know how painful that was? But let me minister to you through my pain and suffering. And God will speak to you and speak through you through your own pain and suffering that you're dealing with in your life. I love this, what Peter says. He says this, after you've suffered for a little while, see, <laughs> that's like a double whammy. You will suffer, but it's not going to last that long. After you suffer, you will suffer in this world for a little while. The God of our grace, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, look at this, he himself will restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. Man, that's a four-point sermon if I've ever seen it in my life. Look at that. He will restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and he will establish you through your pain and suffering. So here's my question. Why is it important to hear God's voice? Like, why is that important? Why, why should I care about hearing God's voice in my life? There's thousands of reasons, thousands. When I go back and look at John chapter 10, which is kind of our foundational passage, remember John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I've come, you can have a real life, a more life, a better life than you've ever dreamed of. That's why we named our church Better Life. Because Jesus says, I've come to give you a better life, not an easier life. The better life is not the absence of pain. It's the presence of Jesus through your pain. That's what the better life is. But if you keep reading down John chapter 10, you get to verse 27, and I want you to listen to what Jesus says. Listen to what he says. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you leave that verse up just for a moment, I could take the next entire hour. I won't because y'all hungry, and y'all get hangry, and you have to sing me down. I get that. I could take the next hour and expound on this because this is fascinating. But I want you to look at this. He says, my sheep, which, which lets us know there's some other sheep. But my sheep. Why it's important to listen to the voice of God? Listen to what he says. Because if I hear God's voice, that assures me and confirms me that I'm in the family of God. I'm his sheep. By hearing and listening to the voice of God is assurance to me that I am in the family, the fold of God. My sheep listen to my voice. And he says, and I know them. See, some of you right now, you have religion, but you don't have a relationship. You're all about do's and don'ts, and you check off and all. You have the religion. But man, do you have a relationship? Are you part of the family of God? Are you in the sheepfold? How do I do that? You give your life to Jesus. He goes on and says there, he's the gatekeeper. He's the door. He's the way. Come through him. My sheep hear my voice. And then he says this. Look what he says. And I know them. And I know them. And I know what you're saying. Uh, well, pastor, he knows everything. He knows everyone. No, 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 no. I know them relationally. I have a relationship with my sheep. The other sheepfold? Nuh-uh. 
this sheep, my sheep, I have a relationship with. And he says this, this is very important, and I know them. Why is that so important? Well, on the Sermon of the Mount that people believe is the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached, and you're like, man, that's awesome, until you start reading it and then try and apply it. You're like, I don't want to talk about that Sermon on the Mount. Because he talks about some pretty tough stuff in there. But then he goes on and says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. He said, there are going to be people someday that are going to come to me. And they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do great miracles in your name? Let me fast forward that to today. Didn't I go to church? Didn't I check a box? Didn't I drop 20 in the bucket when it went by? Didn't I serve at church? Didn't I do the right things? And then look what he's going to say in verse 23. He's going to declare to them who are not his sheep, I never knew you. I never knew you relationally. You knew about me, but I never knew you relationally. So then he gives a formal pronouncement here. He goes, depart from me, which means you're going to be out of my presence. You who practice lawlessness. See, it's one thing to know him. It's another thing to be known by him. And when I hear the voice of God in my life, that's just evident that I'm in the family. And watch this. He knows me. He's got a relationship with me. And then he goes on and says, they know me. They listen to me. And I know them. And then he says what our mission is. They follow me. That's the mission of our church. Help you follow Jesus. So you can experience abundant life, a full life, a better life you've ever dreamed of. Are you following Jesus? If I'm following Jesus, it's because I'm listening to his voice. And if I am following Jesus and I'm listening to his voice, I'm going to grow in my walk with him. I'm going to become the person he wants me to be. I will fulfill the purpose and the destiny that he has for my life. I will reach my fullest potential and I will maximize my life's impact on this world. If I just listen to his voice. So many of us are worried about who should I date? Who should I marry? What job should I take? Should I walk through this door? Should I go to that college? Should I marry this person? Should I take that degree? Should I build that house? Should I? And we could go on and on and on and on and on. And all I would say to this, listen to Jesus and follow him. He will never lead you astray. And when you get before God's word and say, God, I come expecting to hear from you. God, me, direct me. The answer is yes. If I am wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If I am sinning, tell me I have sinned. God, if you want to convict me, you convict me. And God, I just want to listen to your voice. I'm just want to pursue you. And watch this. Over time, I'm listening to Jesus and following Jesus. I'm listening to Jesus and I'm following Jesus. And then I'm going to wake up and you know what? I'm going to be exactly where God wants me to be. I'm going to major in exactly what God wants me to major. I will marry exactly who God wants me to marry. I will go exactly where God wants me to go. All why? Because I listen to his voice. Do you hear him? He is speaking this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head. I'm going to trust that the Lord has spoken to your heart. What has he pointed out to you this morning? Maybe he has pointed out maybe sin in your life. 
Maybe you just kind of, you feel like you just kind of want to hunker down in your seat because there's this, you know in your gut, oh, I'm doing something that I know I shouldn't be doing. And all of a sudden you just feel bad. Listen, listen, please. The devil wants you to feel guilty. Jesus will want you to repent. If you feel guilt, that's the devil shaming you. Don't sit there and go, I just feel bad. I don't know if I ever want to come back here again. No, no, here's what you should do right now. If God has convicted you of some type of sin in your life, here's what you should do right now. You should stop and say, God, thank you that my heart's not too far gone, that my heart's not too hardened where I can't hear your voice because I just felt conviction. I just heard your voice. And before I do anything, I just want to stop and say, God, thank you. You spoke to me. Because it's his kindness that leads you to turn and repent. And maybe the voice you're hearing this morning is it's Jesus saying, come to me. Come to me. I came for you. I died for you. I got up out of the grave for you. Come to me. But if I come to you, I'm going to have to change my life. We'll worry about that later. If I come to you, I've got to go and tell him. We'll worry about that. If I come to you, I've got to stop. We'll fix that later. You just come to Jesus. And he tells us, we'll lift him up. He will draw men and women. And maybe this morning, he's drawing you. In the first service, we saw, I think it was around seven people give their life to Jesus. And maybe God has drawn you. And if that's you, would you pray with me to say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you came for me, I believe you died for me, and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I wanna to turn from my sin, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm asking you, will you forgive me of my sin? And will you help me live for you for the rest of my life? I want you to God to direct me. I've tried to run my life on my own and then really honestly, I don't end up where I needed to end up. But because I have breath and life, my days are not wasted. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to yield to you and I'll trust you. And if that's you and you prayed that with me and you surrendered your life to Jesus. And to said, Jesus, I just give my life to you. If that's you, I just want to know because I want to rejoice with you and pray for you. But if that's you, would you be so bold just like the people in the first service did? If that was you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, let me just let you know. I just prayed and gave my life to Jesus today. Surrendered it all to him. Come on. Awesome. Anybody else? Come on. I surrendered it all to you. Anybody else? Awesome. You can put your hand down. Folks, now look back up at me. Whatever the Lord has spoke to you, do it. Here's your homework. Five minutes a day this week. Five minutes. Five minutes. You don't know where to start? Go to the red room. We'll get you on a hooked up on a plan. Start. You really want God to speak and hear? Get in His Word. He'll never lead you astray. The Bible tells us that when one person gives their life to Jesus, all heaven, remember we talked about this, and all the angels rejoice. Today, we have seen tons of people give their life to Jesus, and I think we should stand on our feet and rejoice for what God has done and what God is doing. Come on, can we give God praise for changing people? You know what that means? They heard God speak. So come on, let's continue to worship. Thank you for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. You can let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app available on any major platform. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting what God is doing in this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. 
We're praying that you have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.